Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we continue our lead up to the NFL Draft, doing our division by division previews. And today we have the AFC North, which is extremely exciting. Actually, you know what? I like Cleveland. I'll just start off that before we even get to it. I'm I, I'm liking what Cleveland's doing, so we'll have stuff to talk about there. And Pittsburgh's always interesting, but we'll just get right into it. To start off with our favorite team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, which oh god, they bore me so much. Jeff, I don't know about you. I just can't stand that. I don't know. Just, I don't know what it is about them. Not a whole lot to like. I just get bored of the Baltimore Ravens every year, and I don't really think this year is going to be any different. And they got Joe Flacco yet at quarterback, which is completely, to me, not fantasy relevant. He, he's sort of, I mean, he's going to have weeks where he is. He's going to do well sometimes. And then you're always going to, you're going to see the Joe Flacco name at the end of a waiver wire for like a QB streamer. You know, it's going to happen. And he's going to have a matchup or two. You're like, oh, he plays Cleveland twice, right? So let's get him in for one of those weeks. We used to always think. I'm obviously don't care about him. <laughs> no, I mean, his numbers say, his numbers say it all, right? So last year. He had, and this is playing a full season, remind you. It was not me, just he was hurt. 3,100 yards with 18 touchdowns yeah, and 13 terrible. interceptions. Yeah, yeah, and he's not a runner either, obviously. He yeah. had one rushing touchdown. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> Upside. Yeah, so he, he's a streamer at best. Um, I'd rather see Robert Griffin, the, the new backup for the Ravens, in there at quarterback for fantasy purposes. Yeah, you might as well find out what you have, which... You know, maybe there is something for Robert Griffin. I mean, I, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, okay. I, I, I immediately I'm take kidding. it back. Fl- Flacco, as far as fantasy, is useless. But he's still a... He's better than Robert yeah, Griffin. Exactly. He's still but a decent still, NFL quarterback. quarterback situation. Who cares? So running back. We'll talk about that. Alex Collins. Interesting player. Yes. The running back situation is a bit interesting. And I know you're not a big fan of Alex not Collins. Not sold. Not sold. I, it's, there's not much... I guess I could say... I mean, you look at his numbers, they were they were pretty good, you know, for the most part. They weren't, though, they're not spectacular. They really aren't. They're, I mean, they're not going to blow you away, I don't feel like. He had, what, 973 yards, 4.6 yards to carry, got six touchdowns, only caught, he got 23 balls. So he's, he, he didn't have, like, the main role the whole time. It took him a bit to get going. But I think he's just a guy. I think he's just a guy. I don't think he's special. I've seen we've seen a lot of players that have done this early on. I mean, Peyton Hillis did this. <laughs> you can say that. That's one I always remember. Just had that one year it was great, and then he just fell back down to earth like you kind of thought he would. I mean, we've seen a lot of players step up early. Jeremy Hill did great, came back down to earth. Even players that were drafted high, like Trent Richardson, it happens a lot. You can have a good year and not be very good. I think he's okay. But then there always still is Kenneth Dixon looming there. You know, he's actually going to play this year and be healthy, which maybe, you know, he steps in. There's Buck Allen still there. He's going to get catches, going to take away from Alex Collins' potential receiving numbers, which is going to hurt. I don't know. I'm just, there's so many other players I think I'd rather have than Alex Collins. I can't believe you're actually going to make me defend this one because no, I feel like just, there's the only position I can take because you're so low on him. I, but, I mean, who, do you think that – and it's quite possible. Do you think that Buck Allen, Dixon will take carries away or do you think that they're possibly going to draft someone? 
I don't know if they'll draft anybody. So I don't, say, maybe they will later. Say if early. they don't draft uh, someone that's better than Alec. Like, say they don't draft anyone, just for argument's sake. Do you think that Dixon and Buck Allen can take the job away from? Not, I don't think they're going to take the job away, but I think they're going to take enough away where it makes it so. I. It's, I mean, again, this is always always dependent on where you get a guy in the draft. That's. I mean, that's all relative. It's all value. That's, I mean, value is everything. Every player is worthwhile in a way. Like Alex Collins, as your third running back, is not bad. You know, you can deal with that. As your second, I think that's a weak number two running back. So that's, it's, it's just, it's more of a, I don't like the position. I don't trust the player yet. He wasn't some amazing prospect, which I know doesn't always matter, but there is still a reason that Seattle just let him go. No problem. He was 23. He's only 23 years old, and they just didn't – they just gave up on him. Yeah, and he, you know, <laughs> I mean, he did pretty well. In, in college, he was – obviously, he uh, good enough to make it to the NFL. But at the same time, it's not like Seattle had some, you know, unbelievable running backs. Like, they had – they dealt with their own issues. So, the fact that he did get, you know, sent packing kind of says a lot. Yeah. Saying that, though. Okay. okay, I don't think that Baltimore has some wonderful offense. In fact, no, I think it's quite the opposite. Yeah. So if that is the, you know, what's keeping him from getting 15 to 20 carries, which he did in the second half of the year, what's stopping him from at least getting that that bulk carry point, you know, outage, where even if he's not that great, he can, you know, pretty much stumble his way to 8 to 10 points a game. I mean, he could probably do that, but... Right now, on Fantasy Pros, look at that. He's ranked as their 20th best running back, which puts him running back two. That puts him as yeah. a number two running back. And, okay, it's not even like I'm that crazy off on them. I've already I got my rankings kind of going. A little sneak peek at him here. going to officially release him after the draft. But I currently have Collins at 23rd. It's not far off from where the consensus has him. But that's still, to me, that's more running back three type range. Okay, I, you know I, mean, I, mean? I get it's, that. It's more of that. It's like I don't want him as a two. I don't feel comfortable with him as a two. And, and believe me, I agree with you, but I have to argue this side because, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, what, I mean, the thing is, he is going to go somewhere, and the question is, where do you feel comfortable taking him? I hate it because I, I'm not even going to feel that. Like I'm not going to feel good even if I has him have him as my number three, which I think would be a good value. But you're right. I I don't really feel good about him. I don't really know if he's going to be able to do it for an entire year. I don't know if they're going to draft someone else. There's a lot of question marks here. But if you did have to get someone, especially as a running back three, I mean, what do you think his chances are of holding on to that starting job? I think he should get the majority of the carries, unless Kenneth Dixon is actually a player, which no one knows. It's just a name. It's been a name for a couple years. So it's all going to depend on if he can play. So I think there is a good chance that he's the main back for the year, but I don't know if that equals anything more than 900 yards and six touchdowns again, which isn't spectacular. So how about we're talking? We're gonna talk a lot about Baltimore here, actually, before we can get the wide receivers. But okay, currently I'm just gonna throw some names out here of players that are currently ranked around him. Okay, and this to me is a big difference. So currently Alex Collins is 20th. Bear in mind that also means that's that's with Saquon Barkley behind him in these ranks. So he's Barkley's gonna be ahead of him, right, obviously. Right, right. But okay, Jay Ajayi is 19. Alex Collins is 20. To me, there's not a one spot difference between those two guys. I think Jay maybe my Jay Ajayi love is just too much. 
Like I have JHI much higher than no. that. Uh, I, I, well, well, okay. T- tell me who else is around him because it might be a <laughs> drop off right there. That's uh, that's what it is. That's why he's going to stick at this level, which bothers me about this level. Okay, twenty one Lamar Miller. Well, that's a hard one because you know I don't like. <laughs> I've, I've had a long history of hating Lamar Miller, but it's still though he's almost like him. I guess it makes sense where he's there. Then he's yeah yeah. Usually yeah. Lamar Miller would be a little obviously a lot higher, but the fact People is are just so down on Lamar Miller. Yeah, and he's probably going to be more of a running back too, and that offense is not for him anymore. Deion Lewis. Yeah, I mean a lot of question. Know, yeah, a lot of question marks. Could be better. Jarek McKinnon is behind Alex Collins. <sighs> okay, first of all, I don't feel good about any of the guys we're talking about right now, but I think Jarek McKinnon, because of how much San Fran went after him, and yeah. they've come out and said he's a you know three down back, I would definitely draft him over. You know, yeah. Alex Collins. And see, I guess that you know where he's ranked, it makes sense in a way because that's where you know the next guy is like Tevin Coleman, who's a backup, right? Duke Johnson. He, 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 more than likely it looks like saquon yeah, barkley is gonna be there maybe uh chris thompson which could be interesting yeah just every single guy comes with a giant question but mark cj anderson he's well, which, still the guy he's still there yeah, which cj anderson he's we're gonna get there. by i still like cj anderson a little bit better. rex burkett i, I like burkett mm. i think he's a and good then, value and then you always have to wonder who's the green bay running back gonna be or yeah, we don't know. Valuable. I mean, I guess that's the same thing with Burkhead, you know, the Patriots. Samaje, Samaje P. Ryan, is he going to be the Washington back? Would you rather have him over? I don't know. Probably not over Collins, but there's just a lot of question yeah. marks. Alex Collins is just that to me that shows there's a big drop off at running back around 20. Yeah, very and much. And you need to get two running backs before that. Yes, absolutely. So get two running backs before you get Alex Collins and get him higher in. And that's crazy because I feel like there's there was more depth or there's more depth coming up at this the, year than there was last year. Even. At the top, probably, I think I think last year's drop-off just happened a little bit quicker. Yeah. More like, and you know. I, I think it's because it's still very early. Obviously, we're still ramping up to the season. I think a lot of this will kind of take care of itself. It'll be a lot yeah. more clear when well, they start doing depth charts. And, I mean, truly, like in this situation, Alex Collins could be, you know, they could easily draft someone like Sony Michelle or someone that mm-hmm. is you know we like and he could easily take over. Exactly. Yeah, that's it's all going to depend. That's why we don't do rankings until the draft's over because we have no idea where these rookies are going to slot in. And players like I always keep looking at like Marlon Mack. I'm looking at him at Colts cuz if they don't draft anybody, he should jump up rankings. Right. He's a, yeah, he'd be the number right? one he guy. He has to. So players like that. Okay. How about the receivers? Though? We yeah, talked about by Alex Collins. Well, He's an interesting fantasy player. This is a very interesting situation though. To, He's very polarizing. So later on, we do our polarizing players. He's probably one of them because he's just people have different opinions on him. But wide receiver wise, this is again question marks. We got Michael Crabtree is now their number one receiver, and he struggled last year. I'd say for the Raiders, played in fourteen games. So this is in fourteen games, fifty-eight catches, six hundred eighteen yards, and eight touchdowns. Yeah, he's still got the eight touchdowns, which is good. Yep. But compared to, I mean, he had three games the the two seasons before that each where yep. he went over 100 yards. I think it just shows you. He was also, obviously, he got hurt. He was out for two games. Is this the regression you see with age? Could or be. is that just uh, hobbled by injury type situation? And remember, too, yeah, Amari Cooper didn't do well there That's either. True. Their, their whole well, team, their whole offense kind of well, sputtered. I mean, with Crabtree... I mean, he's going to be 31 at the start of the year, which, you know, a lot of receivers still can go no problem at that point, but not everyone. Like, he very well could be starting to drop off. We don't know. 
That's possible. And then again, just because a player is a number one receiver on a team doesn't mean they're going to be any kind of fantasy, good fantasy value. So I don't know if he's going to have a good fantasy value here. I think, I don't know if Crabtree's a number one. To me, he's just not. I think he's a great number two receiver on a team. I don't, I, say, I don't what, think he's ever really panned out as a great number one. I don't know if it's really going to matter because of his style of play. I don't think it's going to matter because, because the team sucks. Yeah, people aren't <laughs> worried about him, you know, beating him over, you know, over the top or anything well, like that. I, I mean, realistically, where do you think that his stats would be if he played an entire season? I mean, seventy-five catches, thousand yards maximum. That's like right. his top level. That's what I was. I was honestly thinking. I, that's I still think level. he can eight get touchdowns. I still think yeah. he can get eight. But that, I would be like nine hundred yards, seven touchdowns. That's that's probably that's solid. And you know, yeah. what? and he, I, I don't think you'll have to overpay for him. No, either. I don't think so. He's twenty-seventh right now. I, I think he is going to be a very safe wide receiver to have, but he's also not going to be a breakout. Like, yeah, there's not a whole lot of upside to him. Exactly. But you know. But there's there again there isn't anybody really around him to challenge him to be the number one John Brown. No, well, no. That's the scary part. And to think about this, they're one and two wide receiver. They just got in the offseason. Yep. You know they got Michael Crabtree from Oakland, and then they got John Brown from Arizona. He's got Brashard Perriman just hanging out. <laughs> if they didn't get those two guys, the next guy up is Chris Moore, which that could be an interesting, like not you're not going to draft him in a redraft, but maybe right. deep dynasty. That's an interesting name just to remember. Chris Moore. Just remember that name. It's it's interesting that this team sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you about Chris Moore. I mean, he, we, we don't know really, much about him. We haven't seen anything out of him. He has what, in the past two years that he's played for Baltimore, he has a grand total of 25 catches. But he could very easily step up and be the number two instead of John Brown because John should. Brown can't stay healthy. And it, he, a lot of talent, but the guy can't stay healthy. And he's already, I mean, he's he's not a rookie anymore. He's been around now for a long a few years and it's just not happening. So at some point, you just don't expect it. And then tight ends, there is no fantasy value for me at tight end for this team. Nick Boyle, Max Williams, no, no. I mean, nothing there. You're thinking maybe Max Williams will. There's just take nothing a, that yeah. this is. They're all going to have to be other than Alex Collins and Michael Crabtree. You're not drafting a Baltimore Raven. I don't think you're gonna. They're gonna have to step up in the pre and the pre. They're gonna have to step up at first couple weeks before you draft one. And we just spent way too much time on a terrible team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but the, the Alex Collins is a very interesting situation. Yeah, Run, I think running back is interesting, and I, and my big thing is Crabtree. Yeah. So where does their running back truly fall, and will they get someone else? And Crabtree, what really is his value? Yeah. And I think his value is a low end wide receiver two or a high end wide receiver three. Yeah. All right, how about Cincinnati Bengals? Let's move over to them. And again, they have another situation where you got a quarterback who is on the fringes of you know being able to play him in fantasy. Andy Dalton isn't anything. He's, he's had stretches where he's been good at times, but not enough where you're gonna he's gonna be a starter on any kind of fantasy team. He's gonna be a bye week fill in with good matchups. That's pretty much what he is. You just hope that he can play well enough to make it so AJ Green is relevant. AJ Green's the star obviously here. You don't really have to go into too much on AJ Green except that I think you're going to get a decent value for him this year. He's not going to be people are kind of I say down on AJ Green. They're just kind of other guys have passed him in a way and he's kind of fallen that way, but he's still going to be good. But 75 and 1000 yards last year and eight touchdowns and that was a complete down year. Yeah. You know. that, I mean that that is pretty crazy to think that a thousand yards is 
I mean, I mean to put it in perspective as well, though, he he got uh, almost eleven hundred yards the year before that. <laughs> yeah, nine hundred and fifty yards, and he only played ten games. Yeah, that's that's the difference. It's just it was a disappointing year because the year before he was so good, and before he got hurt. So we hope he can bounce back to maybe that level. You're not going to have to pay for him as a the top five anymore, though. I think he's he's getting that five to ten range kind of now. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you got. Yeah, it's probably where he's going to fall, right? Brown, Hopkins, Odell, Julio, Michael Thomas, I think, are all probably ahead of him in rankings now. So he kind of maybe starts off that next tier with, like, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen-type players. So it's good value. He's still good. I think he's a great player. He's still young enough. So it's all it's if Andy Dalton can play. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about him at all regressing. Well, I think actually the a bigger key – there's really no other wide receivers either to John Ross – yeah, we maybe hope we'll finally be. get to see him. We just don't know. Brandon LaFell, Tyler Boyd, yeah. kind of like it was, yeah. a, it was a bunch of what ifs. Yeah, John Ross is obviously the most interesting there. So hopefully he can do something. Yeah. The running back situation is where it's at. And Joe Mixon is the one. And we're not going to be the only ones who expect something from Joe Mixon this year. We did last year. Everyone did. Didn't really quite happen. But Cincinnati kept giving him the ball, though, for the most part. I think he, there's still, I say, there's something about him I like when I watch him play. If the team can turn around, I think he's going to be pretty good. And he's going to go as a running back too, though. I wish he was falling further, but everyone's kind of seeing that there could be something there. They don't want to miss out. So he's in that right now 16th ranked running back. So that's it's tough in a way to pay for a running back kind of there that hasn't actually put it together yet. Yeah, That's where the risk comes in. I do like Joe Mixon, though, and I do like his chances. I do too. And I, I think it really helps him the fact that Jeremy Hill is no longer with them. Yep. So it's going to be Mixon show, and then they're going to throw Gian Bernard in there to, you know, supplement him. Probably in the passing game a little bit too. But uh, I, I just, I know that AJ Green technically played all sixteen games, but it felt like he was hobbled. It yeah. felt like he wasn't really, and it felt like this whole team was very disjointed last year. I, I think that they're going to be much improved, um, and I, I think Mixon is going to reap a lot of the benefit. I, I really think so too. I'm, I'm excited about him. If it doesn't happen this year, though, <laughs> think right. he's not I mean, going to be quite the player. Could be completely wrong, but it, it doesn't feel like it. I, I think at the very, at the very least, I think he'd be a, a running back three. Yeah, like you, I think he would be worth having on your team. I don't think he'd be a bust. Yeah, you watch him play, and you can just see the talent there. I feel like it's there. It just is. He is the team going to even let him put it together? Hopefully, and the tight end Tyler Eifert, all the talent in the world, but the guy can't stay healthy ever. Hopefully, if he can, he can be a steal in drafts because you're not going to have to do much to pay for him this year. He's going to be one of those minimum tight ends just because of the injury history. And right now he's ranked 12th. You're going to be able to you can get a 12th ranked tight end for nothing, Yeah, which I love. He'll be on a lot of my teams if I have to pay nothing for him. Dude, unbelievably high ceiling. But I Can't. do have to say, like, you have to plan accordingly that he will not play the entire year. Yeah. So he, he's pretty much like a... A, the next Jordan Reed, if you will. Yeah. Where you just have to assume you're always going to have to have another tight end round. I mean, listen to this just to put it in perspective. He's been in the league for five years now. Never played a full season. Yeah. Rookie year comes out 15 games. Pretty good, right? Only missed a game. Next year, only plays one game. Then 13, then eight, and last year only two. Yeah, it's terrible. But in the years when he, 2015, 2016, between him he had 18 touchdowns when he played 21 games. I mean, that is insane production. It is. But we can't stay healthy, so yeah. 
At uh, least, yeah, where, you don't have to pay for them. To get I was going to say, where would you? I mean, I'm paying a dollar in an auction, and I'm drafting them at the end. That's it. I feel like I feel That's like it. someone will be able. They're going to take a bigger risk than a buck. They might. I don't think I'm going to do it though. I don't. I don't like him enough to do that. Yeah, I, I'm more worried about the the kind of the ripple effect of how many roster spots you have to have because of this. And I already don't like the tight end position that much. It's very, very shallow. But saying that, this guy, you would reap all the benefit in the world if he actually did pan out because you would be paying nothing for a tight end that could easily be in the top five. When every top five tight end right now, anyone that's going to produce on a regular basis, will cost uh-huh. something, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to be thinking $10 in a in a draft league or you you know, you got to get them three rounds ahead of everyone else in a snake. One player I won't be drafting is Eric Ebron. I'm just going to say that. I hate that guy. This has nothing to do with this preview. I hate <laughs> Eric like, Ebron. We're going off the rails on that one. Did you see what he said? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Uh, no, you're going to upset me. <sighs> he said the reason he signed with the Colts was Andrew Luck because he wanted to play with a quarterback who could get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully. You know, you got to catch it, Eric. <laughs> yeah, you get thrown say. the ball, you got to catch it. If you, you know, eh, you, whatever. You're, I'm happy you're out of Detroit. I hope <laughs> you hear this, too. I really do. Just, I mean, are you even going to be playing with Andrew Luck? I mean, uh, you got to hope that his shoulder comes back. I don't even know who the backup is anymore there. I don't even care. Who was the backup? Was it Brissett? Yeah, he sucks, too. God, I hate him. Makes me oh, rationally oh, angry. All right. Okay, we'll talk about the AFC South next week or something. Right. We got the NFC North next episode, so we'll talk about how we're happy not to have Ebron on the Lions. He doesn't deserve us. All right, Cleveland Browns, Jeff. Cleveland. A team that I can get behind. Yeah, I like this team. This is interesting. This is I, there's some fantasy. There's some fantasy stuff going I, on. Here, I never, th- I never <laughs> thought that I'd be like, you know, that winless team last year. A lot of upside. Oh yeah. <laughs> how weird is that? First quarterback Tyrod Taylor. He's always fantasy relevant because of his running ability, and he's he's an inter- he's going to be an interesting play always because of that. And with this team, you know, maybe he's going to be able to do it again. He doesn't throw many touchdown passes, but just the running keeps him in, keeps him as a relevant player. They signed Carlos Hyde, which we don't know what to think yet because they still could get Saquon Barkley. We don't know. They're gonna get draft a quarterback with one of the top one of the two you know picks they have in the top four for sure. Just which one are they gonna are they gonna get him one get a quarterback one get a quarterback four and if, are they gonna get Barkley as well? No one has a clue right now. So this is that's a hard team to evaluate at the running back position right now because of that. Either way though, no matter which one, I think Tyrod's gonna help the running back along here. Just a running quarterback always just helps. I mean McCoy did great with Tyrod. You always think back to like even Robert Griffin. We talked about Robert Griffin a few times with him and Alfred Morris when you know they were going. Alfred Morris was a good player with Robert Griffin. Never really did anything else with without him. Having a running quarterback just helps you as a running back. So Hyde could be very valuable if he's the starter. We just don't know if he will be. And then Duke Johnson, he ends up up there in PPR, but people are going to see where he finished ranked in PPR last year and like think he's that as valuable as that but he's he ended up being ranked in like what top 15 because basically because of attrition i think a lot of injuries he gets up there higher i'm not going to really draft him too much i don't like to rely on a player who's going to have some good weeks and then other times he's just going to disappear and do nothing really hard to rely on that kind of guy 
And I don't see him getting a lot of work now with Hyde there, especially if Barkley gets there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all bets are off if if they actually did, because it feels like every single place is saying that Saquon Barkley is going to go to the Browns at four. If, if, if unless yeah, somebody snatches him, unless the Giants, we don't know what the Giants are right. going to do it to. That's the issue. Yeah, and that that very could be the. But if they if they does come here and they do end up getting him, I, I don't even know what that looks like to be honest. I don't either. I don't know if they're gonna. They're. I don't feel like they're gonna want to run him into the ground. No, but because, you. Have, I mean, you have three running backs yeah. when it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it, it really did. I mean, Duke Johnson it has like when he's gotten the ball, he's, he's good. ran it very proficiently. He can catch it out of the back. He does a lot of really nice things. But obviously, you don't get a whole lot of playing time if you're running back three. I mean, do they look to trade at that point? I don't even know. No, I think they just go with it. And but that means Duke is just not a reliable fantasy option at the end of the year he might end up up there but you know doesn't mean you're gonna rely on him week to week so i'm I just i'm gonna stay away from him ppr yes he does get more value he's gonna be draftable i guess it, it depends on part we, we have to wait in the browns and see what happens with saquon that's it yeah uh, that's gonna be the the linchpin yep but wide receivers again question marks all about even though i love the players so you got Jarvis Landry. He's been great, reliable option for years with, you know, Dolphins. But does that translate to the Browns or is that just a Dolphins thing? Was that how they used him? Can he be more than just a possession receiver and catch 110 balls for 320 yards kind of a thing? You know, can he do more? I think he can. Corey Coleman, we, we there's potential there. Just don't know if he can put it together, especially with, now Landry and Josh Gordon there. Ah, it's tough, man. This <laughs> is it's a lot to love. I love it, but it's who's gonna is somebody really gonna break out from this as a great option, or is just gonna be a lot of good, decent options? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And and you really you look at Tyrod, and he like you said, he doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. That's the worry for the wide receivers, is Tyrod. They're gonna draft a guy. But he's not going to be ready this year, and they're obviously not planning on him playing this year. No, because and, of Tyrod. Yeah, and I, obviously, I think Tyrod is a good NFL quarterback. He doesn't throw a lot. What do you have? Fourteen touchdowns yeah, last year. That's it. Very, very low. So if you're kind of banking on who can we get, Jarvis Landry seems like kind of a perfect fit for Tyrod, where he will get open, he can find him, check down, get some yardage. But for some reason, I keep gravitating towards Josh Gordon because I feel like he's an athlete that Tyrod Taylor really never had. And you maybe call my bluff in Buffalo, but I think that would be hard to find since Josh Gordon is a freak of nature. I I, I think that he – I'm not saying that Tyrod is going to all of a sudden become a 30-touchdown guy, but going from 14 to 20 doesn't seem that crazy, no, um, especially no. when you have all these weapons. The problem is, is it going to be spread over – you know, the group, Jarvis Landry, yeah. Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, David Nujoku. And then if you throw to Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, both of those backs catch the ball out of the backfield. It, it does feel like they have a mismatch of the quarterback. But I, I think he can do it. I just don't think he has ever asked to in Buffalo. I think the whole thing was don't turn the ball over. So Tyrod Taylor is kind of an intriguing quarterback in yeah. my eyes. I don't know what that's going to translate to quite yet. Um but I, I like everything. I just don't know who, yeah, who the touchdowns are actually going to go to. And they also signed Jeff Janis. Yeah, which I, I liked him <laughs> in Green Bay as well. And they also have David Njoku yet. 
which he's going to be better. There's just no, he's going to, tight ends don't break out right away. It takes a couple years. I think Njoku first round talent is going to be great. Most tight ends drafted in the first round are great, unless your name's Eric Ebron and you're worthless. <laughs> That's about it. So David Njoku, I think he's going to be fine. So I like this team. Just a lot of waiting around to see how they're going to be used. But there's definitely going to be fantasy value here. But I, we have to see what they do in the draft. Can you think of a time where Tyrod had this kind of talent around no. him? No, I mean, he had... He had McCoy. Yeah, he had McCoy, and he had Sammy Watkins, but Sammy Watkins was injured all the time. Yeah. But when Sammy Watkins was healthy for that that bit, that little bit of time, was Tyrod, Tyrod was the quarterback there, I believe. Yeah, he was. And at the time, and when Watkins was really doing well, that one stretch he had, <laughs> he had one great stretch of football. Okay. Let me Actually, let me look at this. So that's probably 2015. He played. He missed two games, and he went 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. So he's done it. So he really only was the starter the last three years. Yeah. So twenty and six, seventeen and six, fourteen and four, and I mean, really, you he averages about five hundred yards. It was down a little bit last year, but five hundred yards a year rushing, which with you know about four touchdowns. Yeah, and um, in twenty fifteen, Sammy was Sammy Watkins was really good at wide receiver with Tyrod as a quarterback. So. And that was only 13 games. Sam Watkins had over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. So and he gets I, done. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out as well, if you do play in a league where passing touchdowns are only four points yeah. compared to rushing, Tyra Taylor is an intriguing prospect. He really is. And I say prospect, though he hasn't been around. But, you know, he's going to run the ball. He's going to get some touchdowns. That's not going away. I think he can actually up his touchdowns. I think he could pretty much repeat 2015. Yeah. But – hopefully without missing the two games. So, I, you know, I think he could 20, 21 touchdowns, something like that, throwing another five, you know, on the ground, 3,000 yards. That wouldn't be bad. All right. One more team. Pittsburgh Steelers. Not as much to talk about here because they're just good. <laughs> we know Ben Roethlisberger is solid. He's going to be undervalued, though, I think, in drafts. He always is. People kind of just throw him aside in a way for the new thing. For the Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, kind of player this year. Jared Goff. You know, that's what happens to Ben Roethlisberger. Let's see where he's currently ranked if you look, throw up fantasy pros. And Roethlisberger's sitting at 11 right now. Okay, that's fine. I still think that's great value for Roethlisberger. I think he's always, he's going to be good. So you're going to get, you're just going to have that probably one week where he's terrible for you. But for the most part, he's pretty good. Running back, Bell, he's going to be great. He's going to sign. I'm not worried about that. They're going to get a deal. I mean, I highly doubt anything will happen with that. So Bell's going to be great. Antonio Brown's going to be great. We know that. those They're going to be great. There's nothing, no worries there. It's the other guys. Juju Smith-Schuster. Can he be, can he be really good? Is, is he going to continue that? And where should we draft him then? Because rankings-wise, he's currently 26. He's actually one spot ahead of Michael Crabtree, who we talked about. One spot behind Marvin Jones. So I don't think that's bad wide receiver three. I would, yeah, I think I think that's probably the safe spot to have him. I think two is a little rich, but I I, I really like the guy. I think he's going to be very good again. I mean, you saw what he did last year. Antonio Brown wasn't hurt. Le'Veon Bell wasn't hurt. Um, you know, same Roethlisberger. I mean, the big one was the fact that Martavius Bryant, you know, shit the bed. I don't think he's really making a comeback or trying, you know, going to – solidify himself as that wide receiver too. I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster's, and I also think he's the future of that team. So, you know, they're going yeah. to kind of build around him because Roethlisberger goes, Antonio Brown, you know, they'll probably go together like fairly shortly. 
Well, and I mean, this could almost be if Bell doesn't sign a long-term deal and he plays on, you know, the franchise tag again. I mean, Roethlisberger could go up for this year and Bell could go up for this year. It's not even that crazy. And then Antonio Brown, he's kind of stuck with whatever they have there, which would be disappointing for him, especially being like 31 years old at that point. But you do, do you see a bounce back from Martavis Bryant? Say that. That's the that's another intriguing. Can there be something? There always can be. Uh, his ability is out of this world. I just but when you have I, my big thing is, I, I think that he he screwed himself last year. I, yeah. I really do. I, I think that Juju Smith Schuster and Antonio Brown ahead of him are much more reliable. They haven't run into issues. You know, they're guaranteed commodities now. So I yeah, I think there's upside that he could catch some a good amount of touchdowns or kind of revert back to that red zone threat but i i still think he's gonna be hit or miss and i think the other two are just just good to go so i i, I can't get too excited about the guy because I, I think that there's more i think there's better people around that you can get in his pot and then that's about it martavis i'm just saying i'm not gonna i'm staying away don't like him <laughs> yes he could be great but i don't like it they also signed Trey Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr.'s son. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> he probably won't make the team, but it's just interesting. He should have played baseball, I think. Would have been better. All right, that's about it. That's all I got for the Steelers. All I got for the AFC North. The most intriguing team is the team that didn't win a game last year. So they are, to me, the most... Cleveland's going to be the most interesting to see what happens. And then Alex Collins with Baltimore, which we talked about forever. That's another just... We don't know what he is, and I'm not going to bank on it. So that'll be it. All right, that'll do it for the AFC North. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll have the NFC North we'll talk about, which is, I think, a very interesting division. Obviously, we're Lions fans, so we'll talk about the Lions a little bit, see what they're going to do. We'll talk to you guys then. 